world. It's your past first point guard and trailblazer reporter, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked on Blazers your first listen every single day. It's free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single week every single weekday, so make it part of your daily routine and make it your first listen every single day. In today's show, we're going to talk about the Blazers' loss on Saturday night to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Anthony Simons looks like a star, and the Blazers still lost their fourth consecutive game. Then we're going to look at the New Orleans Pelicans. All of a sudden, Blazer fans need to be invested in the success of that team down in the Big Easy, uh, who's looking pretty good post-All-Star break. We'll talk about why Blazer fans need to worry about the Pelicans and what they've been doing we'll check in we'll check in with new orleans after the all-star break and then finally let's let's close the show talking about lottery odds uh the blazers are not winning games they are playing for draft picks let's talk about exactly what those draft picks look like but first let's do what we do the fastest recap of the west 135 121 the blazers lose in minneapolis the first of two games against minnesota timberwolves they play saturday and monday so this is monday's show march 7th uh the Blazers will, will face the Wolves again, but on in Saturday's game, the Blazers had just eight available players. Amphrey Simons got the start alongside Keon Johnson, CJ Ellaby, Kelgen Blevins making his first career start, and Drew Eubank, shout out to Troutdale. And despite having eight players, you know, no Justice Winslow, Josh Hart sat out this game due to rest. Uh, Greg Brown the third was dealing with uh, a non-COVID illness that seems to be... Um, sweeping through the team. Him and Elijah Hughes both missed this game. So it's the Blazers were very shorthanded. And yet, till about the four-minute mark of the third quarter and even the seven-minute mark of the game, the Blazers were in this until crunch time, absolutely in it. Uh, you know, led after the first quarter where Keon Johnson had 11 points and hit three threes and then finished the quarter with uh, finished the quarter with a buzzer beater. Like, this was th- that was the best 12 minutes we've ever seen Keon play in a Blazers uniform. Um, he helped them hang around. Uh, they they were down, or they were, excuse me, they were up one at halftime. Amphrey Simons had 17 in the first half, but Carl Anthony Downs had 18, uh, including a buzzer-beating floater at the end of the at the end of the second quarter. Uh, a lot of buzzer beaters in this one, and and this one was you know uh, close. And the Blazers were right there, but they had a really bad close to the third quarter. Uh, you know, it was it was basically tied, and then in the final two minutes, the uh, the Wolves ripped off. They hit a three pointer, and they got an and, the late and one uh, hit a three pointer. Then at the buzzer, it's it was a it was going to be a tie game, two point game. The Blazers found themselves down eight heading into the fourth quarter, and still it didn't matter. Like they were right in it. Every time it started the fourth quarter, played the play, basically played uh, the entire time, or was going to play the entire time, and he hit a three with seven minutes and twenty three seconds left. Cuts the lead to two. They're down 116-114. High-scoring affair. Ants balling like superstar-type stuff. Balling. But then in the final seven minutes, the Blazers got outscored 19-7. Ant missed his final two shots in that game, both clean looks at threes. Uh, He did not make a field goal in the final seven minutes and 23 seconds. The Blazers finished two of ten from the floor. The Wolves make six of their final nine shots. And that's your ball game. Blazers Blazers lose 135-121. Amphrey Simons led all scores 38 points on 11 of 25 shooting, hit nine threes in all seven of his free throw attempts. He was just great. He was just straight up great. Uh, at the end of the game, what the... What the Wolves did was they decided it wasn't going to be Simons. Like, it just was not going to be. They started sending. They didn't. They were doing a little bit, but they just committed to it. If they were going to run a ball screen for him, and the Blazers did, they just they went to, hey, let's run high pick and roll with Ant. That's what he wants to do. Spread the floor, run pick and roll. Um, 
and the T-Wolves just sent sent bodies at him. They sent two players at him. And Ant made the right play. He made the right play. He continuously passed the ball to Drew Eubanks. The problem is he's passing the ball to Drew Eubanks. And with all due respect, like that's not this, fe- this fearsome decision maker. He's a Drew Eubanks, a rugged dude, got into it with Malik Beasley, and Malik Beasley headbutted him and got kicked out, got tied up with Nas Reed late in this game, was physical with Carl Anthony Towns, but he's not this, he's that. He's like a rugged backup center. He's not this elite playmaking four on three uh release valve in the trick pick and roll and the wolves just said anybody but you know final seven minutes anybody but simons and the blazers just missed some makeable shots uh and also twice when the ball would rotate rotate back to him those final seven minutes he missed two really good looks at it like he missed really two two really good looks at it dude shot nine of 17 from three though like he did superstar stuff. They treated him like a superstar. And then in the final seven minutes, the Blazers just didn't have enough offense elsewhere. And Carl Anthony Towns went nuts. Uh, Towns finished with 36 points, 15 boards, five assists. Blazers just didn't have anyone to guard him. Uh, Blazers got a huge night from Brandon Williams, who I thought was really, really good in this game. Uh, the two-way guard, he's a 21-year-old point guard out of uh, out of Arizona on a two-way contract. Had 21 points in this game, 9 of 14, hit 2 of 5 threes. He just, he is... He reminds me of Cameron Payne a little bit. Like the he's he's not a great uh, table setter with his passing, but he uses his ability to get past people. People can't stay in front of him. He's got real quicks, um, and he and he's at least confident enough to take pull-ups and got a lot of little floaters and, and moves to get himself free around the rim. Like Brandon Williams can play. Brandon Williams, this was he's. Um, I think he has a path to being a long-term backup point guard in the league. I don't know if he can do anything else, but he can already score in the NBA. And if you can already score, you're in a really good spot. Trenton Watford, 12 points, 14 rebounds, 4 assists off the bench. Ben McLemore had 13. Uh, Keon Johnson, after that super hot first quarter in which he scored 11 and hit three three three-pointers, finished with 15 points and 5 assists. I thought Keon, more than the assists, just made the right play. A couple times the ball just came to him and he made the right play. Something that just looks more comfortable. Even if it wasn't an assist, it was just moving the ball. Like, hey, let's. I know we're supposed to swing it here, um, and and that type of stuff. I thought, I thought this was easily the best Keonis looked in a, in a in a Blazers uniform. As I mentioned, Drew Eubanks got after it, mixed it up, um, was fouled out in 28 minutes, uh, played played his butt off. Like Drew Eubanks plays hard as hell. He's not going to get cheated in Drew Eubanks minutes. You're, He's he's got some limitations skill wise, but he is going to give it give it all he has. He finished with thirteen points, eight boards, two assists, and a steal in those twenty eight minutes. Uh, you know this this was after the Blazers had lost four games by thirty plus points or three games by thirty plus points. They lost by you know. 37, 32, and 30 in three games out of the All-Star break. It was nice to see them in a game. Uh, if you're rooting for losses, which I think is the right thing to do, probably this is a better version of one of those losses. They're right in it. They get to crunch time. They don't It doesn't. They don't get it done. Anthony Simons looks like a star. He had a couple down games in a row, and this is him just like, you know, 38 on, and, and hitting nine threes. Like, the dude's just got a quick release. He can shoot off the dribble. He can shoot catch and shoot. Like, you needed to see Ant with a diminished roster go go get a team just like give them problems and the wolves tried jared vanderbilt on ant who gave who really locked up ant in the last meeting between these two two teams they tried jana mcdaniels on him and and it didn't matter uh they gave him a little jalen noel like it's Ant gave whoever it was problems until the wolves committed to double teaming him every time down the floor and 
commanding a double team is stuff that superstars do. This was a big, this was a big and important game for Ant. I am, um, you know, the 38 points is what you see and 38 points is why we're like celebrating him here. But, but it's that, that willingness to go get the defenders, you know, make the right play. And if you make the right, so why is talk about good habits? Like that's a good habit. You know the double team's coming, you run the pick and roll, you accept the double team 30 feet from the rim, you create that advantage for your team. It's just when it's the back end is, you know, Drew Eubanks and CJ Ellaby and uh, Ben McMore and Brandon Williams or Eubanks and Trenton Watford like it was for a lot of this game. It's like you just, you don't have enough shooting and you don't have enough playmaking downhill juice to kind of punish teams when they double ant. He's going to see it a lot, but Simons was fantastic in this game superstar stuff superstar stuff um the mip campaign back on he looks like a guy who's taken a leap and is scary for teams he is game you got to be game plan specific against ant you cannot run your base stuff because he's good enough to blow it up um that's it's a he's a big deal like his offensive ability is scares teams and i think it was it was really good to see him get back into that scary mode because he can be a number one um he's you're not gonna be you want him to be, he's, he can be elite number two, right? Like I don't, I think as a, as your second best player and, and a really good offensive player, if he's is terrifying. Um, he's, he has the ability though. And I think he showed it in this game, like with the, with the right parts around him, he is good enough offensively to be the engine of an offense. Um, and I, I wasn't really, not that like I've said, I thought that before about Simons this year, but he was having with this diminished roster, he was struggling a little bit. So it was nice to see him come back and say, diminish this and just be fantastic and and really really was good but like i mentioned the blazers are they're losing and it's it's frankly good for the franchise for them to lose but there's another team out there that needs to lose and on sunday night new orleans pelicans lost in overtime it was a good thing that the denver nuggets won in denver let's check in on what's happening with the pelicans and the implications that that is, that that means for your portland trailblazers first let me tell you about built bar the best tasting protein bar that there is and the best tasting protein bar on the market you're not going to find a better one don't go search for it just check out the macros 17 grams of protein 130 calories four grams of sugar and just four net carbs that's your typical built bar they're packing a lot of punch and they taste great too my personal favorites peanut butter brownie and cookies and cream but they also got fruity flavors they got salted caramel, double chocolate, coconut almond. You're going to find something you like at built.com. And while you're there, you can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right. So we talked about the Blazers lost to the T-Wolves. Let's talk about sort of bigger picture stuff to close the show. Portland's playing for draft picks. Uh, they are, they're playing young guys. They are playing guys who are not going to be part of the plan next year. Like, um, you know, two-way player, Kelgin Blevins, 10-day, uh, on a second 10-day contract, Drew Eubanks. Uh, CJ Ellaby, who is a free agent this summer. Keon Johnson, who is a 19-year-old, who is a developmental project. Uh, they are playing for the future, and the future means draft picks. It is important for the Blazers themselves to lose because they have a lottery-protected pick owed to the Chicago Bulls. If they miss the playoffs, they get to keep their pick. The more losses they, they have, the better the odds get. We'll talk about that to close the show. But there is another team out there in the West, the New Orleans Pelicans, that the Blazers, and quite frankly, you, dear Blazer fan, have to be invested in the New Orleans Pelicans losing. It is important for the for the health of the Portland Trail Blazers that the Pelicans lose. Here's why, in case you don't know. The Blazers, in the trade for CJ McCollum, they They've received a lottery-protected pick for this year from the Pelicans that will go to the Blazers if it falls between four 
and uh, yeah, excuse me, five and 14 rather. So if it's in the top four, the Pelicans keep it, but five and 14, it's the Blazers. But they need the Pelicans to miss the playoffs in order to get it. If the Pelicans do indeed make the playoffs, uh, that pick is, it goes somewhere else and the Blazers will get a 2025 first rounder from the Bucks. That's not only uh, further down the line and not a pick or something you can use right away this summer, but it's also just a way better team. Like the Bucks are going to be really good in 2025. That's a, It's going to be a worst pick. It's, it's going to be something like the 12th pick in the NBA draft this year, this summer of 2022, or the 27th pick in 2025. Like it's a big, to me, this is a, this is incredibly important. So I've got uh, both eyeballs watching Pelicans games because what happens with that pick? Not only will the Blazers, it, it's important because the Blazers could use that pick to draft a good player, but it's also ammo to trade. Uh, it's, it's another draft pick. If the Blazers have two lottery picks, they're much more able to wheel and deal this summer. Like it just puts them in such a better spot. And heading into the All-Star break, the Pelicans were kind of scuffling. Uh, CJ McCollum was, was, had been really good, but Brandon Ingram hadn't kind of fit, hadn't figured out how him and CJ were going to, um, were going to exactly operate together. He had a couple of just bad shooting nights where he just missed, missed some shots. It happens. It's basketball, particularly when you haven't had a long rest and need the All-Star break. But out of the All-Star break, the Pels have been awesome. They were 4-0 and heading into Sunday's Sunday night's game against the Denver Nuggets in Denver. The Pelicans had had four, had four wins. They're 4-0. Average margin of victory over 26. They sported the number two offense in the league after the All-Star break and the number one defense in the league by a mile. By a mile. It's four games, but it's four blowout wins by the Pels. They looked great. CJ McCollum's been great. Brandon Ingram has figured it out. And the sort of deep investment in the Pelicans struggling um, was it wasn't coming to fruition because they they just look really good. They go into Denver tonight. They miss a couple free throws in the final 35 seconds of regulation, and Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets pull out a crucially important win for your fighting pinwheels. Nikola Jokic probably had a Blazers jersey on under his under his Nuggets duds there in Denver. That was going to be a really impressive win for New Orleans. Five and zero out of the break win in Denver, a tough place to win against the reigning MVP. Jokic was nuts. He had 30 in the fourth quarter in overtime. Like, nuts. Um, that's 30 points in the final 17 minutes of the game. He was... I mean, dude is... It's like, at worst, the third best player in the world. He's he's really good, and he saved the Blazers' bacon in this one. Um, incredibly important win because the, the teams around the Pelicans are just not that good, and they have a real chance, a real chance to make the playoffs. Let's just sort of break down what that real chance looks like. The Pelicans, with this loss, are now a game and a half back of the Los Angeles Lakers, but the Los Angeles Lakers are bad. Um, I don't think... Uh, you need to sugarcoat it too much. They had been scuffling and then they win against Golden State on Saturday because LeBron James at age 37 has 56. I don't think LeBron's going to score 55 plus. Um, he's the best basketball player I've ever seen play. Uh, much like Jokic, like LeBron is something like at worst, the second best player of all time. But like he's just, he's, is this 19th season? He's not going to score 50 a night for the final 15 games to bail the Lakers out. Like they stink. They, they are not good. Um, and they're just, they stink the way like a, like a team with multiple Hall of Famers stinks. Like they're good enough to win games, but they're just, they just are the, the 
defense is horrific sometimes, and the offense is basically never good unless LeBron goes hero mode. And you can count on that a little bit, but the Pelicans looked competent enough that that was getting scary. And why that matters is because the way the play-in works is that 9 and 10 play each other, uh, at, and the ninth seed hosts. And then 7 and 8 play each other, and whoever wins the 9-10 game plays the loser of the 7-8 game, and that game thus would determine the uh, determine who gets the eighth and final playoff spot. That final playoff spot, when the bracket is set, will determine the playoff odds. So the Pelicans, as they currently stand, are very, very likely to have to win two single elimination games to make the playoffs. Two is incredibly important. And I don't think, quite frankly, that the Pelicans have a particularly good chance of avoiding the play the the 9-10 game. Like they're not going to catch. Minnesota, they're not going to catch the Clippers. Both of those teams are too competent and too just sort of like decent that they're gonna they're gonna get there. Um, it's it just it it is what it is. Like the, the those two teams are gonna hold off hold off the Pels. It's you know they're they're not gonna make up four games in the final fifteen unless something wild happens. Pelicans have been really good, but I it just it's just not gonna happen. Uh, it would take an incredible uh, incredible choke job. So what if you are rooting at home? The sort of hater's guide is the Pels got to lose every night. That's simple. But you need need the Lakers to keep winning. Like, you got it. There was a certain point when we were doing this, and I was doing the hater's guide to tanking. It was like, Blazers fans, you got to root for the San Antonio Spurs and the Kings. The Kings stink. They're not going anywhere. The Spurs have no interest in, you know, they trade away some veterans. They trade away Derek White. Like, they're headed for the lottery, too, and they want to get there. There's no no real reason for them to make the play-in. And they're, you know, further back in the standings, regardless, behind the Blazers right now. So... The Blazers lose their four in a row and like have not been within single digits of a team yet after the All-Star break. Uh, That's where they're headed. So like, you got to root for the Lakers. I don't know how to tell you this. You got to root for the Lakers. The Pelicans need to lose every one of their games, if that's possible. Like you just need them to keep on losing. But you need the Lakers to stay in ninth. You need the Lakers to have a home game in that first of the play-in tournament. Like... If the Pelicans host the sad sack Lakers in New Orleans, there's a chance the Lakers show up for like seven minutes of that game and pack it in and go home sad. Like they're just a team full of they're just a team full of quitters. Uh, you do not want to risk them straight up quitting on the Blazers' uh, lottery hopes. You need the Pelicans to win, and you got, some of y'all have a uh, have a Lakers jersey in your closet because you uh, it just that's how it works. Bust that bad boy out. You gotta root. You gotta root for LeBron and the Lakers down the stretch. As gross as it might feel to you, because it's incredibly important, incredibly important that the Pelicans miss the playoffs. And they look like a good enough team that could, you know, if if they hadn't dug such a big hole to begin with, like the I. You could argue they're the best of the four teams that are going to be in the play-in. And if you get into a single elimination tournament and you have shot makers like Brandon Ingram and, and CJ McCollum, that is scary. Those are single elimination type dudes. You just, you want them to play two, you want them to have to win two road games to get in. You want them to have to go to uh, crypto.com. I was about to call it Staples. Sorry to my corporate overlords. You need them to have to go to crypto, the crypt, and beat the Lakers there. You just need it to happen. So get out your pom-poms, get out your forum blue and gold t-shirts, and start rooting for for your the team you probably hate the most in the league. Go, Lakers, go. They got it. They just have the Blazers just need them to do it. Um the Blazers are gonna lose in a bunch of games, though. We've laid out kind of who 
who we need to lose, who who they need to lose around them. Let's talk specifically about Blazers' odds. Let's just let's just let's let's look at the tank and what losing means and what's at stake for the Blazers as we move forward. Before we do that, to close out the show. Let's talk about BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Do you want to bet on the Lakers to win a bunch of games because now you're suddenly a huge Laker fan and a big believer? You can do that on BetOnline.net. They got uh, live odds. They got Everything you need pregame, you can pet during the game, you can get uh, props and, and everything you could ever want on NBA basketball. But it's not just the NBA. They got scores and live props and odds on everything like the NHL, like soccer all over the globe, tennis tournaments. They got combat sports like boxing and MMA, uh, whatever it is you're going to find at betonline.net. So don't wait, go take advantage of it today. That's BetOnline where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. We talked about the Blazers' loss to the T-Wolves. Amphrey Simons looks like a star. Like a, the, the engine of a very good offensive team. Admittedly, the, uh, the Wolves have taken a pretty big step back on defense after looking really good early in the year. But, man, was Ant good. We talked about the need for the Lakers to win and the Pelicans to lose. It's never been more important to cheer for the Lakers in Blazerland. And that is bizarre, but it's the place they are. Let's talk about those odds, though, because this matters. It matters now for the Blazers. Like, they're in a position where you need to look at the teams below them in the standings and say, all right. The Magic need to win. The The Rockets need to win. I, I think really the teams you want to win, like if you're this hater's guide to to uh, to tanking is Sacramento, San Antonio, and the New York Knicks. Those are the teams that are closest to the Blazers right now. As we stand here today, the Blazers are tied with the New York Knicks for the eighth worst record in the league. They are a game and a half ahead of the San Antonio Spurs, and they are two and a half games ahead of the Kings. Uh... The Blazers just, they just need those teams to lose. It's just, it's, it is what it is. Uh, Like, there's no other way to, or excuse me, they need those teams to win and they need to lose. Like, it is what it is. Like, you just have to, you got to root for the Lakers to win. You got to root for the Kings to, uh, uh, you got to root for the Kings to win. You've got to, like, jump on the bandwagon of some maybe rivals of your childhood and say, get them out of here. Because it really matters. Uh, As the Blazers currently stand here with the eighth worst record in the league, they have a 23.1% chance of getting a top four pick. The lottery odds are only for the top four picks and then everything else kind of falls in order behind that it's not uh, all 14 picks in the lottery it's the top four and then from there it it, um it it moves it it moves to uh in order of record but things get bumped down depending on who moves up in the lottery etc etc so as the blazers stand right now they have a 23.4 percent chance of getting a top pick and a 5.2 percent chance of getting the number one overall pick if they can lose more than the knicks down the stretch it increases incrementally to increase to 5.3 but if they can catch the spurs for the seventh worst record Record in the league, if they can truly get there, the odds for a top four pick jump up to 31.9%. That's almost a 10% increase. It's a 9% increase in, in likelihood of a top four percent. If they can catch the the Kings, who, who are the, have the sixth worst record in the league, like if the Blazers can lose enough to catch the Kings, it jumps from 23% like it is now to a 37.2% chance of getting a top four pick. Basically, more than a third, more than a third, like more than a third of the time, the Blazers sort of just odds wise would get there. And the chance of getting a number one 
increased from 5.2% as the Blazers currently stand today with the, uh, the way that I'm looking at tankathon.com, an extremely valuable resource. The Blazers, uh, the way the tiebreaker works, they're doing it. They're calling the Blazers having the ninth worst, worst record in the league. But um, if uh, the Knicks are going to lose, so it's it, the Blazers are going to end up with the ninth worst record. So let's just call it like it is. Blazers are, the Blazers are, are currently eighth uh they would jump from that like five percent chance number one overall if they could catch the the kings if the blazers could lose 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 and catch the kings who win some games it jumps from 5.2 percent to nine percent like it's just it doubles your chances of basically of getting uh the number one overall pick it's incredibly incredibly important for them to lose tanking sucks like it sucks it sucks uh rooting for your team to lose stinks it's not a good it's not like there's nothing positive about it there's no good way to, to um to root for it you know you you watch particularly the games with blazers losing by 30 it's like oh i don't worry of the i'll get hope of a draft pick down the line but for where the Blazers are, and they are straight up doing a like Sam Hinkie level rotating guys who are not part of the plan through because they have their eyes on the prize in the future, and these guys are just these are just you know uh, Drew Eubanks is a path to get to the future. Um, kind like I said, it's kind of a bummer. Like I don't the vibes are a little bad around it, but like they need to lose, and they need and they need those other teams to win games. They need the Kings to win games. They need the Spurs to win games. Uh, the Blazers play the Spurs three times down the stretch here Portland's got to lose all of them they got to lose all of them it's incredibly important it's like I said I think the it's it's weird like um it's weird to watch this team lose and say okay this is good but it's it they put themselves in this position um you I don't think there's like a sort of like a moral high ground now to be like, I want the Blazers to win. You don't, you don't. The health of the franchise is better if they lose. Like it just is. I think night to night, I can see in minutes to minute, particularly, you know, they're basically like down two with seven minutes left to the Wolves. Root for them to win, right? But like, you need them to lose. You need them to lose. It's just, it, like I've said a couple times, it is what it is. And that's the situation they're in. And so you need them to keep losing and and for their sake, they have put themselves in this position to keep to keep on losing. They play the T-Wolves on Monday night again. Uh, Anthony Simons is not going to play in that game. He has a quad contusion. Josh Hart, who was sat out for rest and load management on Saturday night while the Blazers were playing three games in six days, one of their lightest stretches of the season, uh, they gave Josh Hart a rest day. Uh, uh, Josh Hart will be back. He's going to play on Monday, but Anthony Simons is out. Anthony Simons is out with a quad contusion. Do I think Emory Simons has a quad contusion? Yes, I do. Do I think he got beat up a little bit going hard and taking all those shots, you know, 25 shots plus free throw attempts, 32 shooting possessions against the Wolves with all those ball handling duties? Hell yes, I do. Yes, yes. Do I think Ant could play in another circumstance with a quad contusion? Yeah, I bet he could. I bet he could. Like, they're just going to be conservative with this stuff. Um, I, I don't want to, like, question guys' health. Like, I feel bad about saying, yes, he probably could because I, I don't know. But... You just the way that they've treated injuries with the with the Josh Hart rest night, and then you bring him back and you hold out Ant. Like it's impossible to give the team the benefit of the doubt. I just can't do it. I want to because I want to respect these guys as competitors, but I can't. I know what the Blazers are doing. They're trying to make sure that they have um, limited opportunities to win games, and they're they're doing a darn good job because it's incredibly important for them to jump a couple spots and finish with the sixth worst record in the league as opposed to the ninth worst record in the league. It's important for them. It would increase the likelihood of improving the franchise a great deal. Uh, it, it's a, it would be a great deal. If you look at the Pels pick, um, that the Blazers are owed, like 
they would have, if, if things stand the way it is, they'd have a 14% chance of getting a top four pick with just the New Orleans pick alone and a thirteen, a 3% chance of getting the number one overall pick. You have that just random ping pong ball in there for, with New Orleans, plus you increase your odds of getting a, a higher draft pick by, you know, juicing your own ping pong balls with losses down the stretch. You're just in a better position to either draft stars or trade high draft picks. Like you're just, you're in a better spot. And so I can't give them the benefit of the doubt on any of that. Like I know what they're trying to do and I think it's the right thing. But I'm not, it is like I'm just I'm just going to be skeptical of the injury reports straight up. Like I I don't know, know any other way to say it. I'm just going to be skeptical of the injury reports. That's that's how this is uh that's how this is going to work. Uh, it does sound like Greg Brown will be available uh, as uh, on Monday's game against the T-Wolves. So you get to see Bouncing Brown back in, the, back in. He's fun. Excited to see him. And he's not good enough that he's going to spoil the Blazers' chances of winning. They're going to be okay. Or they're going to keep on losing, probably. And if they don't lose, um, you know, wins are still fun, even if now losses are incredibly important. That is, t- that is your show about tanking. This is your tank show. We'll check in on the odds. We'll check in on the Blazers, you know, odds for a top pick. We'll be watching the teams, you know, Lakers and Pelicans and the teams ahead, uh, behind the Blazers in the standings with the Spurs and the Kings. Like, this is something we're going to do down the last 15 games. We're going to start getting a better sense of where the Blazers might be picking. We'll look ahead to the draft. Like, the future is, we got to start looking to the future because the present, the Blazers are just doing a thing where they're admitting to you just bold-faced that these, these games do not matter. So games don't matter, but lockdown Blazers are still rolling along. We're going to have five shows this week. This is Monday, uh, Monday, March 7th show. We'll have a bunch more shows this week. We'll have some guests on this week. We're going to do a mailbag. We're going to have a whole bunch of fun. So come back and join us. Tell your friends to do the same. Make it your first listen every day. It's free on all platforms, five days a week, every single weekday. Congratulations to Mike Krzyzewski on a wonderful coaching career. I'm glad the Tar Heels got to send you off the right way. Buddy, appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.